My main worry was the danger of injury, particularly to the breast. I felt that ladies would catch the ball into the chest rather than over their heads and that this constant trauma from a heavy football might have serious effect on breast tissue, even causing cancer. I would be reluctant to give my own daughter permission to play. Mm. What about that? Catch the ball when it's coming down the air and you've no fears. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to Girls With Goals. My name is Eve Meyer. Thank you so much for joining us as usual. A little bit later on, we're going to be talking about the latest chapter in the 20 by 20 campaign. I actually can't believe that we're heading into the final chapter of the 20 by 20 campaign. We've been supporting it here on her for the last couple of years. So we'll be finding out a little bit more about what they're doing for the final chapter and how we can all help as much as we can. So we're going to fill you in on that. But first, I want to introduce my guest this week. So this week I was joined by Holly Hamilton. She is best known as a presenter on BBC Breakfast and BBC Sport. She's also covered Wimbledon. She's presented live from the red carpet of BBC Sports Personality of the Year. She's also anchored BBC Sports Day. So obviously we're talking about sport with Holly Hamilton. She's behind a new initiative that is hoping to get sports clubs back in action across the country so it's it's a really exciting thing that she's kind of thrown her support behind and yeah we caught up earlier in the week we spoke about sport of course we spoke a little bit about what she's been doing in lockdown and what's coming up next for her so take a listen Holly, thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. We're absolutely delighted to have you and thrilled. Uh, Before we get into talking about the initiative that you're backing and kind of getting out there and getting fit and getting back to normal, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you've been getting on over the last few months since the pandemic hit? Hi, Neve. Yes, thanks so much for having me on. Um, It's been a bit of a nightmare, hasn't it? I I feel like we're all in the same boat, so to speak. Um, so that that kind of helps when you talk to other people about how difficult it's been. Um, I think the key for most people I've spoken to is just keeping busy. That's what I've been trying to do. And, you know, from the very beginning, it's funny looking back all the way back to, to what, March now. Um, and we were all making banana bread and uh, we were going for hikes and walks and, you know, looking at uh, fitness and, and courses we could join online. And, and then it kind of, kind of tailored off a little bit we we didn't quite keep up to that standard throughout um but generally yeah it's just about trying to keep busy I think for me um, fitness has been such a huge part of that you know trying to and trust me there are days that I really do not want to head outside for a run or for a walk but I know I feel a million times better when I've just had a little bit of fresh air um, and I know a lot of people are struggling to get back to gyms and that sort of thing. So it is quite difficult, but it does feel a little bit like every single time we make some progress and we, and we find a little way of, of getting ourselves through it, that there's almost a step backwards, but it's just about staying yeah. positive, isn't it? As much as we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's one of those things that I feel like, you know, when we entered into this, everybody did come together and really kind of give it their all and almost, you know, everybody was working out at home. And then obviously I don't think people had predicted, you know, the situation that we were actually in, in terms of how it was actually going to affect us. And like, let's be realistic. It's tough to keep up yoga every single morning. It just is. (laughs) Like we're human. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves too, don't we? And I think social media doesn't help that either. You know, when we see people posting pictures, like I say, of their banana bread or their workouts on on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and we think, oh, I need to be doing more with my day. And there were a lot of really positive accounts actually around um, of people saying, look, it's okay, you're enough. Don't put pressure on yourself. If you have a day where you're struggling to get 
to do anything, you feel like you haven't achieved much, that's okay as well. You know, we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves these days to try to achieve things and to show people that we're achieving things. But as you say, we are human yeah. and, and it's okay if we want a day just to slob on the sofa and watch. Absolutely, and watch it, it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's about kind of getting that balance, I think. Just another thing, you know, in terms of industries, obviously so many different industries have been impacted by this. I think sport in particular, you know, it's the it's the effect that obviously people couldn't get out there and play themselves, but also, you know, it's, it's the viewing of sports, you know, it's that kind of element that has really been impacted. And I think that people really struggled with that, of course, but I would imagine from your point of view, you know, not only for the love of it, but it's also your job, you know, like getting out there and, and, you know, obviously commentating and broadcasting. I mean, how, how has that been for you in terms of an adjustment? Uh, yeah, real struggle, to be honest. I think that it's something we've all realised just how much sport means to us. And I'm not talking about people like me or people who are sport fanatics, but how much it even kind of marks our year. You know, it's little things like when, when Wimbledon disappeared and, and the Olympics, you know, were, were postponed. It, it was kind of the summer was gone, yeah. which sounds quite sad, but it kind of does pinpoint the summer for a lot of people. And yeah, for me, uh, I mean, it's it's what I do day to day and it, things like the Premier League ending. It felt a little bit like uh, summer never started because we, we never got to the end of the Premier League and, and we were just holding on and holding on and, and, and waiting for a little tidbit of football here and there. We all became massive Bundesliga fans for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and even so I was Korean so football. into it. I know. <laughs> I was like, come on, insert team name here. Yeah, exactly. It, it was crazy. You know, we all just grabbed onto it. Just that desperation to have a little bit of sport. And like I say, it's not just about watching it. You know, I play sport as well. I'm a hockey player. I think a lot of people really struggled without that, without their team sports. Uh, and not just physically, but mentally too. It's a huge part of people's identity and who they are. You know, not just about keeping fit, but being able to socialize and and that was just sort of cruelly taken away from us. So I think the sooner we yeah. get back to that, the better. Absolutely. I, I've really felt that from a few different elements, like, you know, over the course of the pandemic, we've interviewed a lot of athletes and also um, in the music industry as well. And the things that kind of do really pop out is that element of, you know, going to gigs and also just going to the pub to watch a match. Do you know what I mean? It's almost as if it doesn't necessarily matter what's on the screen, but it is that kind of community feeling of coming together in order to celebrate, you know, and in order to kind of yeah it doesn't even matter the sport I you know I wouldn't be a huge snooker fan but then when the world snooker championship was, was on you know suddenly I was hooked because it was something you could talk about with people and you know we were all getting behind it and it is it's crazy but it is a, it's, it's such a massive part of our live sport and like I say it's not just sport fans you know even somebody like my mum who wouldn't be the sportiest and and you know she she misses the chat and misses out and it's yeah. funny how much it has a huge impact in our lives I suppose it's kind of now, you know, we're moving into and I, I don't like the phrase because we're all sick of it, but it's the new normal, you know, and I suppose <laughs> kind of the reason why we're chatting today as well is is about this campaign and this initiative that you're um, backing. And I suppose, like, how do you think that an industry, you know, like sport is, is going to back uh, bounce back rather? Because, you know, I was watching the US Open there recently and everything is just so different. I mean, even from at the beginning of the match, how, you know, they're running through the safety guidelines and like bless them the athletes just look completely shook they don't know what's going on they're like just flick the coin let's get playing tennis you know but I mean this has become the new normal and everything is going to be different in the future is it kind of just about like 
getting on with it? Are, are, do you think people are hanging on to maybe returning to normal and that's never going to come? I think there is a little bit of that. I feel like certainly people I've spoken to, it's almost like they've got Christmas as a finish line. You know, if we make it to Christmas in the new year, then everything's going to be okay. And and sadly, that's not going to be the case. But, you know, you mentioned things like the US Open. We, We are just having to get on with it and scrape together what we can in terms of tournaments and competitions. But you're right. It, it feels a little bit like the soul has been taken out of it. The fans, for example, are such a huge part of what sport's about. You know, we've seen it with golfers, for example, people like Roy McIlroy. He really struggles, you know, without having like the crowd quite literally yeah. there behind him. And until fans are able to get back um to the stands, to stadiums. It just doesn't feel like it'll ever be any anything close to normal. I'm, I'm the same as you. I hate that new normal. I, it doesn't feel normal at all to me. You know, until I can get back to a game. Uh, I know. It, yeah, that's the thing. Right. It's it's the it's the atmosphere. I have to ask. I've been asking everybody in the sports industry. When you're watching, just say you've been watching some football. I don't know if you saw like there's an option to have that fake crowd noise. <laughs> yeah. Have you been, would you do that or not? Because I do it, but then I flick back to the normal because I kind of like hearing the players shout at each other. It reminds me of like Saturday League or something. It just feels yeah. very, it just feels very local, you know, that, for these. You've completely hit the nail on the head for me. That's exactly it. When you switch it off, you feel like you're watching just Saturday football down at your <laughs> park. It's the weirdest thing. I'll be honest. I, I have become quite a fan of the fan crowd. I'm, I'm slightly obsessed by uh, the, the man in control of those buttons, you know, whoever has to hit the the, the goal celebration noise. Oh, and then, unfortunately, I, I've heard it before where he's hit the wrong button and they've missed and he's hit the goal celebration. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. And, oh, no, wait, he missed. <laughs> that is true. It's actually the most important job in sports at the moment. <laughs> it really is. And it's, it's amazing as well. When they first started, I did mock it and I thought, there's no way. I'll just switch it off. And you forget after about five minutes of watching, you forget that that's even there. And it's only every so often when you can see the empty stands and you go, oh, yeah, this, this is just there's no one here. This I know. Is so weird. So and it's weird because I haven't had a chance to get back into the stadiums either. I can imagine I, I've some of my colleagues who have managed um, to, to cover a couple of games who've been back inside and they've said that it is just that is where it gets very weird when yeah. you're there and it's just silent. You know, it I is know. just bizarre so we've obviously we've got the Premier League starting again you know this week and um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that goes but I think any hopes that we have of, of getting back in anytime soon just you know we saw what happened with British horse racing even this week they, they came so yeah. close to letting fans in they got one day of it and then that was it so yeah. they're teasing us <laughs> they're teasing us yeah absolutely but of course you know safety is kind of the priority as well so we have to I suppose re- respect that where we can um, I want to I talk about this uh, championships initiative that was uh, started by MASH Direct it's incredible I do want to say now for our listeners that the competition is closed um, but it's just an incredible thing you know to really kind of target the sports clubs all across the country because this is one of the things you know like I'm, I'm a squash player myself and I have to say like being out of the clubs and, and even just not being able to go and play uh, not competitively just to go and like have a have a play with like some of your friends and kind of seeing people in your club I think people who are members of sports clubs understand the importance of that community and this initiative is a, is a really incredible way to kind of target that and kind of just help them get back on their feet isn't it exactly when I first heard about it I was so passionate about the initiative because 
it's something I, I you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I play sport myself uh, and teams are really struggling right now. You know, they can't get together. Yeah. They can't do their normal fundraisers, for example, you know, trying to get the money to keep the teams together. Um, a lot of the entries that we had in this too, you know, it was, it was a common theme of, of we don't know how we're going to get through to the end of next season financially. Uh, so you've got the whole you know, idea of these teams, what, what they do for local communities, they bring people together. And the thought that what is very often in a lot of places, the heart of that community, the thought that, that team, that club could collapse due to a lack of finances. It's just heartbreaking. So when I first heard about this, you know, the idea that it, it doesn't seem a lot, you know, when we're talking about the Premier League and that sort of thing, um, if £5,000, €5,400, it doesn't seem a lot. But to some clubs and teams across the UK and Ireland, that can make such a difference. And that's certainly what we find from the entries, uh, which were varied, to say the least. You know, it oh, wasn't really? just about it wasn't just about football and rugby and Gaelic football. I mean, it was just incredible the the, the length and breadth. When I mean, we did have the obviously the rugby, we had women's rugby, we had football, hockey, uh, we had uh, Irish dancing, which, oh, amazing. which I was very clever. Yeah, they managed to read the small print and said, "Yeah, we're athletes." You know, we oh, were nice, guys. and it's true. Um, I mean, it was just remarkable. Water polo. I mean, the, the 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 variety of sport was just incredible. But the lovely thing that they all had in common, they were all coming together to work together. Uh, to try to win this and it was it was such a joy to see yeah and I mean like I know what you're saying there about like the prize money and stuff but it is it is all relative you know and I know for myself like I've done some fundraising for different sports clubs and, and a little really does go a huge way you know and this is kind of one of those initiatives that when I read about it it is about getting back to some kind of normality and not necessarily a normality that we recognize, but but it's trying to just kind of bring back the things that make you happy. And for so many people across Ireland and the UK, that is sport, you know, and it's so great to hear that you had really great interest in it as well, because it's nice to kind of feel like, you know, sport is making a comeback. Exactly. And like I said, to see that passion and see how important it is to people and the, the thing about this competition, it wasn't just um, about judging. They had to send in videos, you know, to, to and they had to use the products in it and they had to be cr- quite creative in how they did it, a little bit of fun and games involved. But it wasn't just about that. They had to um, write an entry and some of them were just so heartfelt. Um, and the judging wasn't just, as I say, based around the videos. It was also about um, what they did, this club within their community, how important they were to their local town or village um, and how they were um, including everybody in that, you know, how they were focusing on diversity. And and yeah. it, it was it was remarkable. It was honestly quite um, unbelievable just what length people had gone to. I'm trying not to give too much away, but I mean, it's, of course, it's, yeah. Well, this <laughs> is the thing. We're, we're going to put um, all of the um, information in the description box below so people can go and kind of just keep track. And like, I'm really excited to see who gets it you know that's what I'm kind of <laughs> looking forward to now just because I think even like even the uh, the people who entered and potentially if they don't win you know because I know that it is a competition if they don't win I bet they had some crack doing it you know what I mean oh, like completely I mean that was one thing we all agreed on all the judges we said you know at least I mean they were having such a good time doing that and and, and you got caught up in that you know they, they did get extra points if we thought uh, there was a couple of clubs I thought 
I want to join that team. But it was great having the group of us too, because I can tell you it was such a difficult decision. Uh, and we didn't always agree, the judges. You know, it was Amy McKinley, Rory Best, myself and Katie McCabe. And uh, it was great to have the kind of um, different perspectives on it because we, are, we all had very different ideas of what we wanted. This and is also, it. Yeah, I'd say Katie was great with that as well. I love her. <laughs> she She's yeah, and, and great at straight talking too. Just such strong <laughs> opinions. Katie McCable, I bet she knew exactly who she wanted as the winner and that was that. <laughs> you are right. And I can tell you, we were scoring every category out of 10 and she was not giving out those 10s easily. <laughs> I that doesn't surprise me. Fun, but no, Katie was like, no, keeping my 10s to myself. That doesn't surprise me at all. I played, um, I played a game with Katie McCabe called Hot Potato where I threw potatoes at her <laughs> and she would read, and it was a contentious, uh, usually in relation to female sports that was on the potato and she would talk about it and I swear to God some of those potatoes came hurling back at my head like so <laughs> <laughs> this it's was the thing you, you, you mentioned female sport because that was another I think Katie and I were both quite passionate about that anytime there were and there were there were two kind of uh, teams in it, women's teams and anything involving uh, children. I think the, the children got to Rory and, and the women got to Katie and myself. Yeah, oh, that's so great <laughs> we to hear. Well, I'm so excited. Yeah, I can't wait to see how everything uh, goes with that. And like I said, you know, we're going to put all the details below so people will be able to go and check it out themselves. Before I let you go, Holly, because I know and um, we're taking up all of your time today of a Friday. No, my pleasure. Um, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask, you know, for yourself and, and for your own career, is there anything that's coming up for you that's that's exciting? I know, you know, that you are obviously working on projects away from sport too. I know that you work on getaways, but uh, <laughs> that as well is going to be a bit different, I would imagine. Exactly. I know of all, you know, my two um, passions, obviously, um, being sport and travel. They're the two oh. main shows that I do and probably the two most impacting on things throughout this pandemic uh, so yes I've got a couple of things coming up um, across the BBC in the next few months though we've managed it's been so difficult trying to get um, dates together in terms of filming uh, a lot of ideas are being pushed back um, so by the looks of things 2021 is going to be very very busy you know we've got so many major sporting events that are supposed to all be happening next year I'm not quite sure how we're going to fit them all into the calendar my calendar is looking a little bit packed you know, when you've got the Olympics and the Euros yeah. and, you know, World Cup and that sort of thing, it's it's just um, hard to imagine how we'll fit it all in. But but we will try. But yeah, 2021 yeah. is looking very busy. And to be honest with you, Neve, at this point, I am dying for it to be busy. I mean, you know, yeah. it's been so, so quiet for everybody. Bring Absolutely. It Sounds good. I can't wait to see it all. And honestly, I know what you were talking there about 2021, a little bit um, overwhelming sometimes when you're looking at all the things that are coming. But at the same time, uh, it's such a disappointment for Wimbledon and, and things like that to not be able to work at those things. It must just be exciting to think about what's coming down the line. So we're so excited to watch you and to see all of that happen. And thank you again so much for coming on and chatting with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Pleasure completely, Neve. Thank you so much. That was Holly Hamilton there. Thank you so much, Holly, for joining us via Skype this week. I don't know if you noticed there, I was trying to keep my cool. I'm a massive fan of Holly's. I've been following her career for years, so it was so amazing to actually meet her. And she was just as lovely uh, via Skype, not in person, maybe one day, but she was just as lovely as you would imagine her. And yeah, just an incredible ambassador for sport across the board. So Holly, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. So 20 by 20, let's talk about it. We've been covering 20 by 20 here on her since its 
its inception. Basically, 20 by 20 aims to create a cultural shift in the perception of girls and women in sport. So how are they hoping to do that? Well, basically, 20 by 20 has three targets to reach by the end of 2020, and that's 20% more media coverage of women in sport, 20% more female participation at player, coach, referee, and administrative level, and 20% more attendance at women's games and events. So the whole concept is is fantastic. I mean, if, if you're in any way following women's sport, you'll definitely have seen it. You know, it's very much alive on social media as well. I mean, the, the main phrase that we see a lot with 20 by 20 is, if she can't see it, she can't be it. So it's all about making that noise. So, you know, obviously the pandemic hit and that definitely affected Uh, the plan for 20 by 20 but they're moving along they've moved into the final stage of the campaign now which is crazy to think that we're heading into the final stage but it is about making noise and it really is about looking at the history of women in sport here in Ireland because I think that it's very important to look back at where we've come from in order to continue to move forward so 20 by 20 released a 10 minute documentary about that exact thing enjoy another letter my main worry was the danger of injury particularly to the breast. I felt that ladies would catch the ball into the chest rather than over their heads and that this constant trauma from a heavy football might have serious effect on breast tissue even causing cancer. I would be reluctant to give my own daughter permission to play. Mm. What about that? Catch the ball when it's coming down there and you've no fears. Do, do you, I mean are people concerned about about the dangers for you? I don't There's no real danger though. Like, it's all right for me. That's just an excuse. If you want a handy an excuse, it's a good one to give, all right. There's only one other girl on the team, and that's all we really talked to. <laughs> I'm Heidi and I'm 13. The first couple of years that I played, I was, I feel like it was wild easy. And sometimes we had to like take players off the pitch because there was like barely any people. But now there's like so much players, the dugouts are filled and everything. And sometimes you get soaked because there's not enough room in the dugouts. And Josie, have you been playing on the junior team or have you been playing the senior team? And both. And both. Yes. Are you currently playing? Well, I was suspended last year. <laughs> oh, you were suspended? What did they suspend you for? Hit the woman. <laughs> oh, you didn't, did you, Josie? I thought they were all very nice girls here in, in Wexford. Why aren't women full members of golf clubs? Well, I really honestly don't know, except that maybe that years ago when golf first started, was started by men, for men, women didn't play many games in those days, and I think they probably have just kept the status quo. Women didn't play golf, and it has never changed. But I think it will change, I do. It must change, and it will. Sydney 2000, that was the one that a lot of people talk about when they say that was the first time they'd seen a woman achieve in sport. Winning an Olympic medal is too high of a bar. Women have had to achieve something monumental in order to warrant that kind of attention. 
boxing is the last Olympic sport. Women's sport was so in the shadows in Ireland then again until Katie Taylor. Again, when we think Katie, it's winning her Olympic gold. Now she'd won five world championships before that. She had to literally put women's boxing in the Olympics herself. And then she went and won gold. It took the Irish women putting themselves in a position to win a Grand Slam in 2013 to have their first match ever televised. The two landmark matches of that year were when they beat England and France in Ashburn, which they had never done before. They were the big knights in that Grand Slam journey and nobody saw them. And that's the big cultural difference for me. We blindly follow men's sports teams in green jerseys. No matter how many medals they win or don't win. It's absolutely unbelievable. I think the best example is the reaction to what the women's hockey team did in the World Cup in 2019. When you talk about punching above your weight, achieving beyond all expectation, they went into that tournament ranked 15th out of the 16 teams in it, and they got to the final. Women just have to achieve ridiculous levels of achievement in order to get basic levels of respect. Look, I said a long time ago, I, I, I believed in the power of jumping on the bandwagon of success in sport. And, and we had it, we had the best example of it ever is, is the success of, of international soccer and what happened with the Jack Charlton era in the 80s and, and, and 90s. Something fundamentally changed in our psyche with the delivery of the men's soccer team into a major tournament where the whole nation got behind them. Something that no one can quite put their finger on or name happened. If the Republic of Ireland women's football team qualify for a major tournament, everything changes. But you have to give them the ability to be successful. That's the fear that they won't give them the, the base levels to be successful. It was 29 years ago when we had the first Women's World Cup, whereas it was 19 years ago when we had the men's, uh, the first Men's World Cup. So, you know, that's where you get massive historic inequalities. I normally do a Cristiano Ronaldo celebration. It's where he runs to the corner, turns around and then goes... <sighs> I'm Katie and I'm 14. They put the Women's World Cup on the TV, which made a big improvement on it. I think it was the first time I saw a woman, like soccer player, on the front cover of a newspaper. And I was like, oh my, I was, I was thinking I was at the back of the newspaper. But then I looked and I was like, page one, front cover, I was like, what? It meant a lot to me. If the women want to get 80,000 at an All-Ireland final, they have to come at it a different way. Men's tickets are based on demand, but that demand is based on the exposure that the men's game and the investment the men's game has gotten over 100 years in Gaelic games. Equality for me is not going to be got by just shouting for equality. Equity means about ensuring that whatever person needs, that they get it to achieve the equality. What do women need to get to the level at men at the moment? What does that investment look like? 
So the NGVs, the clubs, the schools, the media, the government, the commercial and the public, if you call those your seven stakeholders of sports industry. It still feels to me that the media has a disproportionate role to play in that because the media and the coverage of the games is the glue that binds all those stakeholders together. Media and people who work in media need to recognize the importance and crucially the power that they have. Why rugby? Why any sport? <laughs> Great to see an Irish international women's rugby team. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I think it may be triple crown or something like that. <laughs> That's probably a fairly far-fetched idea now at the moment, but maybe within a few years. The thing to do with women's sport is the exact same thing that you do with men's sport, is you put them under lights on a Friday night, and then eventually, if they're not entertaining, if they're not good enough, they lose that slot. But you've got to give them this slot and then promote it the hell around them. Irish rugby became really successful off the back of Tomen Park on a Friday night. So many people who had no interest in rugby were like, this is my social life now. Is there a difference between the men's and the women's football, say, in terms of finances? Oh yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah, we, we uh, the, the ladies, well, at Club Bank County level, they have practically no money, you know, unless what they make, your raffles and, and things like that. And uh, they're dependent on, on some of the girls and other people, officials, to cart them round to games, you know. Mm. Would, would the men have their own cars in that? Oh, well, they would, and, and they, the men gets, like, the men gets travelling expenses, both to go to training and to matches. They, they, are, they all get travelling expenses, you know, and a good meal after, if feed a steak and all the rest, you know, but... Um, and the women? Oh, no, unless they are the All-Ireland, they might have, they, they would have a meal, all right, you know, chicken and chips or something, it's all they could afford. Just in terms of the pandemic and the choices that are going to be made now are going to be financial choices that are going to be brutal. I fear they're going to be really damaging for women's sport because everyone is in a survival mode. No one has come out in a political level or in a position of authority and said, we're not going to let this happen. Yeah, they always go like, oh, you're only girls, you aren't fast, you aren't tough and all. And like, we're actually quite tough. I'm quite a tough person. My name's Ava and I'm 13. I see more women's actual matches on telly, like I watch more women's matches now, I can name more women in sport. It was like after a game and they came up to me and they were like, oh, we, um, we take back what we said about you being weak. What did she say to her? I was like, yeah, I just walked away. You look at some of the profiles of elite female athletes that weren't there two years ago that are there now and you say, that's fantastic progress. But is it equal to where men's sport is? The answer is, in just about every aspect, no. Is there the potential to get there over time? Yes. But all the blocks that have been put in place now need to be built upon. And that's down to each and every individual person who's involved in the sports industry to ensure that that foundation is built upon. 
Amazing stuff there, and uh, obviously that was all audio, so the actual video you can go and see on the 20 by 20 social channels as well, and yeah, no, it's just, it's just tingling, it just kind of gives you all of those shivers, some of the footage in there just from some amazing sporting moments as well, but the whole point of this documentary is about looking to the future, looking at how far we've come, we've come a very long way, but due to the pandemic as well, which I think was really important that that was highlighted in that documentary, you know, that when it comes to finances and when it comes to funding for women's sport, it's something that needs to be looked at. And so we have come a long way, but is it equal? not by a long shot so there's a lot more to do so thank you to 20 by 20 for allowing us to share that and we'll put all the information below so you can go and find out more about the campaign that's all for this week thank you so much to my guest holly hamilton and of course the 20 by 20 campaign as well for allowing us to share that documentary and we will chat to you next week